Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by Rockies host and reporter for DNVR Sports, Susie Hunter. Susie talks about using social media to your advantage and how it jump-started her career, adjusting to life as a Major League Baseball reporter, a tough piece of criticism, and so much more. You guys are going to love it. So subscribe, rate, review, and enjoy. Susie, welcome to Get My Job. I have been so excited to talk to you. I am a diehard Dodgers fan. You, of course, cover the Rockies, uh, but, you know, NL West girls got to stick together. So welcome to Get My Job. Oh my gosh, Tracy, thank you so much for having me. Um, I do have to say, though, I'm a big fan of Dodger Stadium. I was just there a couple of days ago, so... You know, good times out there. Good times. But yes, NLS girlies over here. Absolutely love it. Well, let's jump in and talk about your professional journey and how you got started and how you got to where you are today. Oh, my goodness. I feel like it has been such a journey. I feel like my journey is so different than other people's journey when I was comparing my journey to others when I was first starting out. Um, uh, I I was a little stressed when I first graduated college. I could not get a job on air. I applied to all of those tiny little stations all over the country and couldn't even get an interview. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? And then I ended up getting a job at the Hartford Current. Uh, it's the literally the oldest newspaper in the country. Really? And, oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a fun fact. Yeah, it is. It's actually older than America itself. It's pretty wild. Oh, wow. But the really cool thing about, you know, getting jobs in print media now is that there's such a push, especially back then, there was such a push to start getting digital content really popping. So Mm -hmm. because I, you know, went to school for broadcast journalism and I had so much experience making videos and I was already, you know, tweeting a lot. I was already, I already had a really good social media presence too. And I think that helped me just as much as what I learned in school in terms of Mm -hmm. producing videos. So I ended up kind of uh, having this role where I was, you know, writing for the paper. I was taking pictures for the paper. I was making videos. I was hosting videos online. So it was like, okay, like this is checking the boxes. This is good for now. And I was in the features department. I got to do a bunch of Hartford Yard Goods coverage, one of the best baseball teams to ever exist. But it was it was checking all the boxes for a bit, and it's such a great experience. That's why I know we're going to get into this in a little bit, but my biggest advice, I'm like, just learn how to do everything because mm-hmm. you're probably going to have to do a little bit of everything at some point in your first job. And the way the business is changing, too. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. Updated odds from everything NBA playoffs right up to the championships. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your bonus. Betonline.ag where the game starts. I uh, 
was working at the paper. It was a cool job. It was a dream job. You don't make any money working in a newspaper, though. It's really sad. And plus, I still wanted to do TV. Um, my best friend and I, my best friend, Amanda, we were like sitting there, you know, both kind of not totally happy in our jobs. We're like at happy hour. We're chatting. And Amanda's like, well, what would your dream job be? And I thought, I'm like, you know what? My dream job would be if I hosted a show where I went to ballparks and raided the nachos and all the other ballpark food, but like mostly the nachos. And she was like, well, why don't we just do that? So for that summer, we drove to all of these minor league ballparks and we were making all of these videos and we had a whole web show and we loved it. And other people loved it too. And we ended up working with the Phillies at one point that season. We worked with the Eagles. Uh, So like, okay, we made it to the majors and uh, that got the attention of the next job she got. It got the attention of the next job I got because a GM at one of the stations in the uh, Connecticut market noticed me, called me in, got, gave me a job. Um, so I ended up getting my first on-air job in that the same market that I was working in a newspaper, made the super weird jump from newspaper to TV. Mm-hmm. But that was that was how I got my foot in the door making my own show with my best friend. Well, and I think I know we are before we get to the Rockies, I just want to stop and talk about that for a minute because that is the world we live in. And people ask me a lot, like, how did you start fangirl? And I just started it. I just Mm -hmm. did. And we are in an era where we can just do that and start it. And I think so much good comes out of doing something you love and something you enjoy. And that's definitely how Fangirl Sports Network was born. And look what it did for you and your best friend. You guys just did something that sounded fun, that you loved doing. You created this content and it really worked out for you guys. So I just think it's it's important to highlight that because there's no such thing, I don't think now, as, as a traditional journey. We all kind of go in a different way and this is part of it. Exactly, yeah. And if I had gone down the traditional path, the quote-unquote traditional path that people who want to do TV and want to do journalism, um, I don't know if my best friend and I would have made that project. So it Mm -hmm. all worked out for the best. It all worked out exactly the way it was supposed to. But whenever young journalists ask me for my advice, I just always say, don't wait till you have the job to start doing it. You can just start doing it because that is the beauty of social media and the internet and this landscape that we all work in today. I love that. I'm just writing that down. Don't wait till you have the job to start doing it. That's so good. So how did you get to the Rockies? Oh my gosh. So I mentioned the Hartford Yard Goats, my favorite minor league baseball team to ever exist. <laughs> they So they moved into Hartford uh, in 2016. And they're the uh, Yard Goats? The Yard Goats. Yes. Oh, love it. I like so, them all. So delightful, so chaotic. They're the best. They happen to be the double A team for the uh, Colorado Rockies. Ah. Super random, like one of the farthest away farm teams in the entire system. So I I was covering them. I loved it. And the thing about the Rockies organization, a lot of these guys move up fast. So I kind of started rooting for them. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this dude who started in Hartford this year is a Rocky. I was like, you know what? Like, I could cover the Rockies. I'm like, I could do that. Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of a goal I'd like put into my head. It's something that I put on my vision board in 2020. I of like course, it. No one's vision boards worked out for 2020. 
it worked out eventually. But I I wanted to cover the Rockies. I thought that um I thought I plus like Denver's beautiful. Denver's amazing. And especially through social media, I made so many friends with Rockies reporters and bloggers and just other fans who tweet a lot. So it's like I had this little network of people out here. And knew a ton of people who worked in the business too. So I was like, you know what? If I were to move out here, I think I could make it happen. I think I could make it work. So, you know, I was working at my TV station out in Connecticut for three years. But that last year of me working there was full-on pandemic. I was so burnt out. I was so burnt out. And I just like... There was one day where like I looked in the mirror, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And just started counting down the days till the last day of my contract super unhealthy, by the way, not in a good place. But I um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go on this journey. I've always wanted to do the road trip where you drive to every ballpark. Mm-hmm. And when else would I do it? Then like, you know, right now when I know that I'm burnt out, I know that I need to leave the station that I'm at right now. And when else am I going to have the time to do something like this? Mm-hmm. Why not just do it now? So I went on that journey. So like, you know, kind of like still in the pandemic, that was 2021, the 2021 season. Okay. But yeah, once, uh, once things like opened up a little bit more, like in May, I, I hit the road. I drove to technically 31 ballparks because Toronto played in a couple different home ballparks that year. Okay. I, you know, just drove around the country. And then at the end of it, once I was like, you know, I was on the West Coast when I ended the trip, I was like, all right, I'm just going to drive to Denver and I'm going to move here and I'm going to try to make it happen. And then for like six months, it was not happening. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am I delusional? Did I like, am I overconfident where I thought I could move to the city and just get a job? But then it worked out all in due time. I ended up starting this job that I have at DNVR. The okay. day before the season started in 2022. Oh, you're just getting thrown right in. I got thrown right in. Um, it was, but like, you know, we thrive in chaos. We work in sports media. It mm-hmm. all worked out. So in those six months, while you were trying to you know, find a job and find your footing, kind of what did you do in those moments where you thought, okay, maybe, maybe this was a mistake. Maybe can I do this? And obviously you can, but kind of how did you work through those more difficult moments? That is such a great question. Well, first of all, I have a therapist. Uh, She does great work. Um, But you know, so helpful. Uh, You know what? It all just came down to having faith. I'm like, okay, nothing happens overnight. I haven't been here that long in the grand scheme of things. As long as I can pay my rent and can pay my bills, I'm going to keep sticking it out. Okay. And that, that you did. And here you are. And I did. And I did. And to the very last second, because I think like if I was still doing this and like we were like, you know, a month or two into the season, it would have been a different story. But, you know, I got to the start of the season and this job came into my life. And if it had happened any later, yeah, this would be a different conversation. So you start the day before the season started. So that brings me very much into my next question, which is what tips do you have for building relationships in this industry? Specifically in your case, you come in there, you're brand new. Were you there for spring training or literally before the season started? You know, it's so funny. Before I even interviewed for that job, I went on a little road trip to spring training. So I had attended spring training as a fan and was like, Rockies games, but I never covered, I didn't cover spring training before that season. But the thing that made that transition really nice was that because of social media, 
I knew so many of those journalists already. So I had people to talk to, people to lean on, people that I felt comfortable like asking for advice. Because also this was my first major league job. Mm -hmm. So it's like just, it's a whole different ball game than the minors. But also because I had worked in the minors, I knew a lot of those players and I'd known them for years. So it didn't feel too unfamiliar to me. Um, But I always say, I think like the thing that helped me the most building those relationships on social media, because first of all, I mean, I love like cheering on all the girlies. Everyone is working hard out there. Everyone who's grinding. Um, and I just always say like, use social media to your advantage. Like, don't be afraid to like also follow thousands of people. Um, don't worry about your ratio, uh, follow people, interact with them, interact with the people who are doing the kind of work that you want to be doing because Mm -hmm. you're going to be inspired. Um, you might become, you know, Twitter friends with them, Instagram friends with them. I have so many Instagram friends in the business all over the country. Um, and I think that that's just, that's a really good thing to have. I agree. And I've met so many great women and men in this industry uh, from Twitter and Instagram. I mean, that's how you and I connected. And it's been with Get My Job, you know, I that's our thing is we want to highlight all these women in the industry who are doing all these cool things. and using social media to your advantage is a great way to look at it. So as long as we're talking social media, and that has been a big part of what you're doing, it's a huge part of what I do about what, uh, you know, what we do at Fangirl. And how do you navigate this world of using it to your advantage and using it to create content? And obviously, so has helped you get to where you are. But you know, those those darker downsides of social media, how do you kind of navigate all of that? Oh, yeah, because it gets dark. It gets really unpleasant. I will say one thing that I did at some point last season, because there was an opposing fan base that was saying some awful stuff to me at some point last season, I uh, muted notifications from people who don't follow me and from people that I don't follow. I closed my DMs. um, And you know what? I'm like, if you need to reach me, you can email me like a grown-up. But... I I muted notifications from people who are not following me, who are not trying to be part of my journey. And uh, there's a lot of terrible comments that I don't see because every once in a while, I'll get a text from someone being like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that person said that to you. I'll be like, what person? What did they say? I didn't see it. So you got to set some boundaries. And my Twitter wasn't always set like that, but now it is. Boundaries mm-hmm. are so important. And uh, it kind of took me a while to realize even even if it's someone that you don't know and you don't care about, when you see something so negative, it's going to weigh on you no matter what. And uh, you can just, you can block that out. You certainly can. I had someone uh, just last night, we're recording this the week the Dodgers are playing the Giants and I cover the San Francisco 49ers. So, but I am a diehard Dodgers fan. I grew up in Los Angeles. We've had season tickets since my grandparents bought them in 1962 when the stadium opened. Like, we we are a Dodgers family and I love the Dodgers. So, but as you can imagine, my 49ers followers, oh, they uh, must followers, they're not, they're not thrilled about it. Most people are fine with it and it's all in good fun. But every so often you get somebody who's just not. And I'm I'm very good. The mute button is usually what I do, but if you are gonna swear at me or say something like just really horrible, I'll block you. And last night during the game, someone told me to F off. And I was like, and you're going to be blocked because, yeah. you know, and I, people have different feelings about it. Like, well, if you block them, they know they got to you. Just mute them. I'm like, no, no. If you're, if we're doing that, like it's a baseball game, mm-hmm. let's all 
it's a baseball game that neither he or I are playing in. Like, or, you know, like it's just, and that's kind of what you have to do is set those boundaries and make those decisions for yourself. But I think the muting, I'm a big fan of the mute button on all kinds of social media. I think it can be so helpful. And it is so important to set those boundaries for yourself because you're right. Even people that you do not know, it, it's hard to block that out sometimes. It is. It is. Sometimes it just gets to you. I I do not like when people say, oh, well, if you block them, they know they got to you. I don't care what they think of me. I just yeah. don't want to hear from them ever again. And you don't get to, you know, you don't get to read my stuff if that's, if you're going to say that. Like, that's just, there's certain, that's for me, that's my boundary. That's just Yeah. So I love that. Boundaries are everything. They are. They are extremely important. So kind of maybe, I don't know if this leads into it or not, but this is my next question. So we'll go with it. Is there a misstep that you're seeing women make as they try to break into the sports entertainment industry? Um, uh, oh, that's such a great question. I, I think that, I think that women, or I think everyone honestly can use social media more to their advantage. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's tough too, because you don't want to put too much personal life out there, but you have to show personality. And I think sometimes Mm -hmm. women or like any young journalist might just be afraid to, um, but showing your personality on social media is what's going to set you apart from everyone else. Instead of just tweeting links to something you worked on or whatever, you have just got to interact a ton. And the one thing that I would love to see more, and I know this has happened to me as a young woman in sports. Um, so it's not a misstep on the women, but not accepting creepy behavior from the men that you are working with. Um, uh, And again, it comes back to setting boundaries. So I think that is just something that I wish that some young journalists would put a foot down on. It's so hard though. It's so hard. That is maybe the hardest aspect is dealing with dudes who are just not, yeah, you know what I mean. (laughs) But how, so how do you deal with that? Do you have ways that you handle that? You know what? Um, I uh, um, heard, uh, I don't know where I saw this. I saw someone on Instagram. Maybe it was like an account that talks about setting healthy boundaries. I don't know. But if someone says something weird to me, like I will look at them and just be like, why do you think that that's an appropriate thing to say to me? Mm-hmm. So, and, and usually they're just like, oh, wow, well, well. And then they just like kind of freeze up and I'm like, okay, let's not do this again. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, and I think that's the best way to handle it. So mm-hmm. it gets a very, a very good way to handle it because usually once someone gets called out, that usually takes care of the behavior. Usually, usually. And then if it doesn't, then that's a whole other thing, but yes. And then you, it's, it's hard out there. It is, it is hard. And that is a difficult part of what we do. And that's, I think that's an important boundary, to, very, obviously a very important boundary to set. And I, I, Thank you for sharing that that's how you handle it because I think that's a that's really good advice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's not easy to do, but like, you know, you have to say it to yourself in the mirror. Yes, ex- you know what? Exactly. So as you've gone to cover this team, kind of what has been what has been the biggest surprise maybe in covering a team and then what has been maybe the biggest challenge? Ooh, the biggest challenge. The Rockies fan base is so tricky right now because they are traumatized from one event that happened pretty recently, the Nolan Arenado trade to the Cardinals. Mm. So they fans, that was like for a lot of fans, that is the moment where they're like, I'm done. I am done with this team. And it, 
it's pretty recent still. And the Rockies haven't obviously done anything really good in those couple of years. So it's really hard to recapture that fan base. So like every day, you know, I mean, you know, we have a great DNVR Rockies Twitter account where we tweet out all about what's going on and everything we post, at least some person will say, sell the team. I'm like, well, we're not the team. Right. Like (laughs) we can't help you. We're just telling you what's going on and we're showing you reasons why it's a team that's still worth following. So that is probably the biggest challenge that. And the one thing I didn't expect, um, I mean, I know baseball is a grind, um, but doing it for 162 days over, you know, six months, Oof, I have never been so tired in my life, but it's so fun. And I bet that was a big adjustment. And did you find just in, in life in terms of balancing? And I don't love the term work-life balance because something we talk about on this podcast is you're not going to find balance every day. It's just certain days of certain priorities and you balance throughout a year, throughout a season, throughout a week in the best way that you can. But did you have to adjust your your life schedule to to adjust to it because that is it is a grind it's a lot of games it's a lot of games so last last season i mean i was so fresh at it and had no time to prepare my life for what was about to happen to it so i i don't think i had a good balance last year i feel like i was all work all the time it was like work sleep meal prep like that was my life last year and again like if my life is like at a ballpark 24 7 that's a really great life but i kind of didn't see a lot of my friends it's kind of impossible to date. (laughs) It's, it's, it's so hard. Um, so I kind of just don't do that during the season. Uh, but then of course, like everything is much slower in the off season and we have a pretty long off season. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's when I like take my trips and that's when I see my family and, um, yeah, so I'm I'm still figuring out the balance. It's hard. It's hard. I want to try to my goal this year. I want to try to at least like see my friends during the season outside of the ballpark, which which is fair. And it, it is tough though, and especially because game what game times and your friends' work schedules are probably very different than mm-hmm. your work schedule. But you know, it is it is an adjustment, and I think one that we all have to find, and it takes time. I would imagine, yep. especially working in baseball, I feel like it takes a little time to really, really kind of figure that out. Yeah. So I haven't yet Ask me again next year, how my balance is going, but I've got, I'm taking baby steps towards having a little bit of balance. But I think that's the most important thing. And that kind of goes to what I was saying before. You're not going to have perfect balance every day, every week at all. It's just, how can you find it? So baby steps, I think are very important. And that's how you, that's how you find it. That's how you get there. Yeah, exactly. You get it. I do. I do. As someone in this industry, (laughs) Uh, what is a criticism that you received early in your career that was kind of tough to take or that ended up being really helpful? You know what? I had um, a boss at my old job who was like, I don't like your voice. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Well, but you can't do anything about that. So. And you know what? And then I like, you know, talk to other uh, reporters that I worked with. And, you know, I realized I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's just like the speed at which I'm talking and the way I'm breathing while I'm talking. So like I leaned on my some coworkers of mine who helped me out. So I feel like, okay, like I think I can see things that I've done to improve how I sound on camera um, through that. 
So it was tough to hear. I wish it was a little more constructive and I didn't have to like bug everyone that I worked with and be like, oh my God, what is wrong with my voice? But also like when I get excited, I get really high pitched. So sometimes that just happens on camera. I'm an excited girly. I have enthusiasm. And that's a good thing. And that's definitely, definitely a positive thing. And that's the thing with criticism because it can be constructive, but there's a way to say that that's that's different than I don't like your voice. I think I like your voice. So there you go. Thank you. Um, I think it's great. (laughs) Uh, If you could give our listeners one piece of advice for starting a career in your field, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, Be active on social media. If you want to be in sports, post stuff on social media about sports and interact with the people who are doing the type of work that you want to do. Because at the very least, you'll be inspired by them every single day. And at best, you will build a great relationship with them. And they can help you out in some way in the future. Well, there you go. I like it. That's a good, that's excellent, excellent advice. All right, we're coming to two of my most favorite parts of the podcast. And the first of those is day in the life. And I I kind of think it's up to you. You can pick a day in the life. I'm kind of thinking it might be cool to see what a day in the life is for you for a game day, but you may feel like it's more interesting on not a game day. So your choice. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a game day. I'm going to walk you through what my day will look like tomorrow. So we're recording this on Tuesday. Tomorrow is a Wednesday getaway day. Okay. So we get to the park around four or five hours before first pitch. So I will, I'm going to get to the park at like what, like nine or 10 o'clock tomorrow in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll like probably rush to wash my hair at like seven in the morning. It takes forever to try. (laughs) I will uh, have MLB network on. So I know what's going on in the rest of the baseball world. I will doom scroll on Twitter while my hair is drying. Oh, and on Instagram, of course, obviously. Um, I will, what else will I do? I will make sure my bag is packed. I'm so disorganized. I'm so ADHD. So like, I always have to triple quadruple check to make sure I have everything. Um, and I have this big bag that I bring to the ballpark. So anyway, once I head to the ballpark, we get to go into the clubhouse. We talk to guys. Um, and then I will edit together any interviews that we want to use for our post-game show. Because on getaway days, we do a post-game show and it's so much fun. But yeah, I will be in the press box during the game. Um, I live tweet the game. I interact with all different kinds of Rockies fans from all different levels of happiness, I guess. (laughs) Um, I like that. All different levels of happiness. All different levels of happiness. So... uh, after that, um, you know, we do post-game interviews. I will quickly try to cut anything from a post-game interview that we want to use for the show. And then we head over to our studio. Um, it's in Denver. We have this, like, amazing studio that has a sports bar underneath of it. It's oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, fun. we have, like, a... DMVR has got a cool setup. So uh, we'll do an hour-long post-game show. Um, uh, Sometimes I'll, like, make a game for the show. We have a good time. That's, like, the freedom also that comes with not doing TV. Uh We can do super different stuff. We can try different things all the time. It's been been a lot of fun. Um, And then after the post-game show, I will eat some food. I will relax. I will go home. I will shower. I will climb into bed. just like decompress because uh the adrenaline rush just from a day like that it takes me forever to wind down 
that is a very full day. How much do you travel with the team? You know what? Um, we are, I mean, I work for a startup, so we don't travel a ton. I did go on the LA trip, but also the LA trip is easy to sell because uh, I have family in Pasadena. So I have a place to stay for free whenever I go to Dodger stadium. Um, but yeah, I, I can kind of pick a couple of road trips, but we don't travel a ton. It's interesting. Always interesting to me as a a beat reporter that covers the NFL, we don't talk to coaches and players before the game. We always talk to them after the game. We always talk to them throughout the week at, you know, your practice and the locker room throughout the week, but it's always amazing to me with NBA and and MLB. It's so different, but I'm always Mm -hmm. like, wow, they talked to them before. I mean, I can't even imagine, (laughs) but it makes sense. It's different sports, different games, but that always ceases to amaze me just because it's so different. Yeah. I love the access that we get. And yeah, the before game stuff is always good for like, oh, I have this like featurey thing I want to talk to you about that like mm-hmm. I might well, I not guess we get ask that. you. <laughs> and I guess it's a little bit different because we get great access. I think it's different because during the week we're at practice every day and then the locker room after practice or before practice. So for the, all those kind of things, like I'm doing a feature on you, we get all that during the week. So I guess it's different too. It's just because you guys, you know, the NFL, they play certain days. So I totally, it's just kind of, funny, but I guess, yeah, what your pregame access is, is our like weekday access. So that's true. Yeah. It's so funny. I, um, I forgot who I was talking to, but like someone that I know was like, Oh wait, I realized that like baseball doesn't have practice, right? Like just play every day. And I'm like, yeah, kind of like, yeah, we don't go to baseball practice like a couple of days a week. It's like, it kind of happens like before the game. Yeah. And we go to football practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we get locker room before practice Wednesday, after practice Thursday and after practice Friday. And we get the coach Wednesday and Friday after practice, the quarterback, one of those days and the defensive coordinator and another assistant every week. So it's, it's, I think it's the same access. It's just different times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it makes sense because yeah, they're just, they're playing every day. It's just kind of, it's just funny. So I always, always like learning about covering different sports and what that looks like. So that's, that's a different really cool. workflow. Yeah. Totally different workflow, but that's very cool. Well, this has been awesome. I've loved talking to you. I can't let you go yet because we have to do five fun facts. And I know my listeners are sick of hearing me tell the guests this, but five fun facts was created as something I do with the 49ers players and we do it on video and they share things about themselves that people would not otherwise know. But on this podcast, we ask everyone the same five questions every week. And it's awesome because we get so many different answers to these same five questions. So... When you're ready, five facts, Susie Hunter. I'm ready. What is your favorite moment in sports? Uh, ooh, favorite moment in sports. I, oof, probably, probably a walk-off win. A walk-off win, nothing is more lit than a walk-off win in baseball. Was any any specific one come to mind? You know what? Last season, uh, Brendan Rodgers had a walk-off home run and it was his third home run of the game too, which he had never done at any level. And I covered him when he was like just a a little yard goat. So I was like, Oh my gosh, look how far this dude has come. Uh, It was pretty incredible. Um, That was maybe my favorite. That's my favorite walk-off that I can remember. What is your life motto? Um, I heard this in a movie with Reese Witherspoon. Um, Learn what you want. And learn how to ask for it. Oh, I love that. That is a fantastic life motto. What is your go-to workout? 
Uh, I am such a Pilates girly right now. Oh, so that you. is my go-to. I got really into it this off season and I am hooked for life. I love Pilates. So love that. It's changed me. my posture. It's been incredible. What is your go-to coffee order? Oh, every time I walk into a coffee shop, it is a game time decision. I <laughs> am so chaotic. <laughs> it's not okay. Well, it's your coffee order. So it's it's really whatever you want it to be. So it is okay. It definitely is okay. It, and, is, it stresses other people out. <laughs> well, you know what? That's okay. I get them more coffee and they'll feel better. What, what is a book every woman should read? Ooh, I'm like, just read any book, please. No one reads books anymore. <laughs> just read anything. <laughs> just be reading. Just be reading. Always be reading. All right. Fantastic. Well, Susie, thank you so much for joining us. Please let us know where we can find you online. I am at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. Fantastic. You guys can follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Uh, my Instagram is at Tracy Sandler. My Twitter is at 49ers Fangirl. We are brought to you by Bet Online. If you liked what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.